At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always follow along on Twitter. At Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As the NBA playoffs roll on, congratulations to the Boston Celtics who complete a four-game sweep of the Brooklyn Nets, winning 116-112, covering as a small underdog. And part of me going into this game really wanted to bet on the Brooklyn Nets. I just felt, you know, hey, do or die, Season's on the line. They're going to come out strong. And no way KD and Kyrie are going to go down like this. Like Kevin Durant, who has been so awful in this postseason series, no way he was going to go down like that. And credit to Durant, 39 points. He shot a bunch more threes. I wanted him to just shoot as many times as possible in this game. And he did that. 13 of 31 from the field. So give him a ton of credit. And yes, it was uh, Steve Nash going with Blake Griffin for an extended period of time, going with Nick Claxton, a very small lineup. Andre Drummond only played four minutes. Um, And really, they were just overmatched. Like we've talked about before. They are just not as good as the Boston Celtics. So even though I wanted to bet on the Brooklyn Nets, because I really didn't think that this team would go down like this, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And so I actually bet on the Boston Celtics. (laughs) Because I thought that uh, this team would lay down and die. Now, give them credit. They didn't lay down and die. They, didn't, they died, but they didn't lay down. So they did fight, but they couldn't get it done. They were losing at the half. They were losing at the end of the game. They tra- went down double digits in the fourth quarter. Hit a couple of threes. Tried to come back, but didn't have it. And so the Celtics move on. And this is a team that absolutely can win the NBA title. They have what it takes. They have the right mix. 
And for the Brooklyn Nets, it's not even about what ifs. I mean, last year it was about what ifs. If Kevin Durant's foot wasn't on the line, are, do they go on to win the NBA title? Probably. I think that they probably do. But they lose to the Bucks because Durant's foot was on the line. And then the Bucks go on and win the title against the Phoenix Suns. A lot of what-ifs last year. This year, mm-mm. This wasn't good enough. And this team, the way that they're built, it's going to have to be wholesale changes. I don't know if we're going to see Ben Simmons next year. Does it matter? We haven't seen this guy in forever. What's he really going to bring? So the Nets, they pack it up, and they get ready for a long offseason. Joining the likes of LeBron James and company, not in the playoffs any longer. Elsewhere, the Toronto Raptors go into Philadelphia, and they win big, 103-88 as an eight-point dog, to force a game six back in Toronto. There have been 144 playoff series that have gone to a 3-0 lead in NBA history. Out of all of those series, only 10 of them, excuse me, 13 of them have forced a game six. 90 of the 144 playoff series have ended in a sweep. 41 of the remaining games have ended in five. Ten series have ended in six. And three series have ended in game seven. No team has ever come back from down 3-0. The last time that a team forced a game six was 2015. The Bulls were leading the Bucks three games to none in the first round. The Bucks forced a game six, and the Bulls won in six games, so they won the series four games to two. Prior to that, the 2013 Thunder won four games to two over the the Rockets after taking a 3-0 series lead. Also in that season, the Knicks defeated the Celtics after taking a 3-0 series lead. The Knicks won in six games back in 2013. Prior to that, in 2010, the Celtics did it. Um, 2007, the Pistons, so and so on and so forth. It has not gone to a game seven. Since, well, we're going back a ways. A team has not forced a game seven after being down three games to none since 1994 when the Nuggets trailed three games to none against the Jazz and forced a game seven in which the Jazz won. So they won the series four games to three in the Western Conference semifinals in 1994. The prior time before that, 
I believe it was. Let's go with the 1951 Rochester Royals against the Knicks in the NBA Finals. So it's pretty rare that this happens. But hey, Toronto has done what only 10 teams, or excuse me, 13 teams have done before them in NBA history, which is force a game six after being down three games to none. And we'll see what happens in that game six. The Dallas Mavericks dominate on home court, and and this spread was not high enough. The fact that Dallas was only a three-point favorite, to me, it didn't make sense. I thought this was at least going to be five and a half to six points. Dallas dominates from the get-go. Luka Doncic finishes with 33 points and 13 rebounds. And the game was never in doubt. And this series, I I know that it was tied 2-2, but it just has never felt like it was in doubt. It always felt like the Mavericks. Even with the the Luka injury, right? The battle in game one. You just knew the value was on the Mavericks. Take them with the points. And then in game two, they come out and they win. Game three, they go out there and win. And then a battle in game four. An absolute battle. Comes down to the wire, the Jazz pull it out. And then they dominate here in game five? I don't know. I don't think this series finds its way to game seven. And I'd be looking to back the Mavericks on the road on uh, Thursday as whatever, however many point dog they're going to be in Utah. The Philadelphia 76ers are a point and a half favorite on Thursday in Toronto in that game six. Coming up here on Tuesday, you have the Heat looking to close out the series against the Hawks. Miami is a seven-point favorite. They lead three games to one. The Grizzlies and Timberwolves, who are tied at two games apiece, their game six, or excuse me, game five, in uh, Memphis. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Memphis is a six-point favorite, and also a Game 5 in Phoenix, with the Suns and Pelicans tied at two games apiece, Phoenix is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. On Wednesday, the Bucks will look to close out the Bulls, Milwaukee is a 10-point favorite, and the Warriors will look to close out the Nuggets, where Golden State is a 9-point favorite, and I think that should be a 10-point line. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, it's going to be in, uh, that's an overreaction considering uh, game one of this series, or let's go game two of this series, was Warriors minus seven. So now they're at home again. Wouldn't it be a similar line? I just think the the situation dictates it. I think Toronto, what they did down three games to one, is a little bit of an outlier because... I think this Embiid injury could could actually be something. He's got this ligament tear in his thumb, and he, the, the last game he just kept looking at it and wiggling it, and I think it, it's got to be affecting him. He had 20 points on 7 of 15 shooting, 0 of 4 from three-point range. He did have 11 rebounds. Turned the ball over four times. Committed five fouls. I, I just think that the injury weighs on him a little bit. And, and I, I think that the Toronto win was a little bit of an outlier compared to what I think is going to happen in Milwaukee and in San Francisco. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll do plenty more on the NBA playoffs, get into all the Major League Baseball. But coming up next, we're going to talk NFL Draft with our very own former first-round pick, Mike Pritchard. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zin 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at Zin.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zin Nicotine Pouches are only for adults. 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sandberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now to talk NFL draft is our very own former first-round pick. He is Mike Pritchard. And, Pritch, uh, have you finalized your bets for this Thursday? You know, I'm getting there, Scott. Great to be with you, by the way. Uh, I'm getting there. You know, I'm finding some bets uh, that are attractive. You you know, some obviously have moved because of information like the wide receiver prop 
Uh, we identified that at minus 155 and a half, over five and a half. I think that's what six and a half now, um, if you can still find it. Uh, you know, and then just positional uh, bets. I'm looking at uh, some bets on the board in terms of what are teams going to do. For instance, the Chargers at 17, uh, their first draft pick player position. Uh, I did see wide receiver on the board for plus 650. Uh, I think they're in a range right in the teens that if you see a run on receiver, it could happen right there. Now, if it happens earlier, uh, that gets very, very interesting too, because now I think a, a number of receivers could go off the board. Uh, but obviously, you know, you look at mocks, you look at needs. Uh, okay, the Chargers are looking at offensive line and stuff like that. But uh, I'm just looking at the division. Uh, I'm looking at what they need to do with that quarterback to help them out. Uh, and if they can get another speed demon out there on the field with Williams uh, and, you know, the contingency that they have at wide receiver with Eckler out the backfield too, I think that helps the Chargers mightily. So uh, I'm looking at that. I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but I'm looking at that prop uh, right there on the board. You know, uh, there's so much uh, news about Trayvon Walker being the number one overall pick that he has skyrocketed up the boards, and he is now the consensus favorite to go number one. Are you sold that it will, in fact, be Walker at number one? You know, I, I am. Um, I, I go off of information from, you know, reliable people, and yeah, I, I got some sources that either I played with or played against or coached or managed, evaluated. <laughs> so, I, you know, the mock drafts are funny because a lot of it is what people hear. And uh, when I talk to some, some executives or, or personnel people that actually watch tape, uh, Walker just stands out. You know, he's a guy that can play multiple positions. Uh, he's a plug-and-play player, uh, versatility. He checks a lot of boxes, and you don't have to change him, right? I, I think uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a guy, from what I hear, is he's specific, position-specific. Um, and same thing with Thibodeau. Even though he does have the athleticism that I like, that a lot of people like, you know, the knock on him is obviously his desire. Mm. Uh, but Walker, the interview process, everything just stands out to that guy or for, for a lot of people evaluating him. Uh, and, you know, if you're bulky uh, and you got the number one overall pick that unfortunately they have in back-to-back -back years, uh, you got to get it right. And, and certainly on the opposite side of a guy like Josh Allen, I mean, Walker sounds great uh, for that defense over there. What I'm uh, hearing as far as rumors are concerned, uh, the New York mm -hmm. Giants are very enamored with Charles Cross. And okay. even if, like, Evan Neal is still on the board, uh, they would take Charles Cross over him. I've seen his over-under at eight and a half, which is heavily juiced to the under, but the Giants do have five and seven. And so whether it's number right. five or number seven, I do think that they will take Charles Cross. Now, who do they take with the other pick? I, I don't know. You know, you, they can go defense and, you know, let's say uh, Kyle Hamilton or um, if Sauce Gardner is still on the board or whatever. But Charles Cross really, to the Giants, is picking up a ton of steam. When you look at these tackles, do you have a favorite? Do you think one should go above the others? You know, Scott, when I talk to people, uh, they can't get beyond uh, Equanu. Uh, just the nastiness that the guy has. And then also the upside. Now, Evan Neal, uh, he came out the gate uh, early on, I think prior to the combine, as the number one overall pick. But uh, obviously, you know, people worry about 
how athletic he can be. I mean, he's a big man, six, seven, three fifty. I mean, he's huge, but can he block those edge players that can bend and burst around the edge? Does he have enough athleticism? Does he have enough good feet uh, to do that? Uh, but you think about Charles Cross, a guy who's smaller, still has those dimensions. And, and I think people see that athleticism uh, from a player like him. Now, Iquanu is just a different type of cat. <laughs> so a lot of people are excited about him. Uh, you know, what's interesting about the Giants, uh, Scott, is that, man, you probably know this better than me, but how many times have they picked in the top 10 the last four or five years? Uh, it seems like they live in the top 10 uh, lately, and they got a new GM uh, and two top 10 picks. So I wonder how they package that, because if we see uh, a run on edge early on, perhaps we see the next run being offensive tackle or even wide receiver. Uh, depending on what the Giants do, though. But uh, I, I like that situation with Charles Cross, though. Yeah, it, I think it all depends on what maybe the Houston Texans do with the third overall pick. Do the Texans, because let's say, all right, let's right, we're going to go Walker 1, Hutchinson 2, right? Okay. That's that's the look-ahead mock draft here right now. <laughs> right, Rich? <laughs> we go like Walker like 1 it. and Hutchinson 2. So at right? 3, the Houston Texans, do they go Thibodeau? Or do they draft uh, Iki Iquonu and look for that offensive tackle to solidify the offensive line? Oh, it's a great situation, right? I mean, I, I think I look at it this way, Scott. There's 20 offensive-minded head coaches and 12 defensive-minded head coaches. Uh, the last few Super Bowls, if you take the last nine years, it's been five and four. But those four defensive head coaches that have won Super Bowls have been Bill Belichick and, and Carroll. Right? There's nobody else. It's been offensive-minded coaches that have gotten through. Uh, and so if you're looking at the Texans and, and how they want to build this thing, because they are rebuilding, uh, they don't have a great quarterback. Uh, and so my question is, okay, why do you want to load up an offensive line if you don't have a great quarterback? Uh, so do you go after the best player available? And there's going to be a number of those type of players at three. I think it should be Thibodeau or somebody like that. But, yeah, I could see – Offensive line, too. But then, you know, as a corner, I, Levy Smith in the cover two system, why do you need to get a lockdown guy, right? The Tampa twos. So I, I don't see Houston drafting a corner that high, but I know a lot of people are mocking that. What, like Sauce Gardner, you're saying to go to the. So, in, so do you think that Thibodeau would be the guy for Levy Smith because of his system? I, I think so. I, I think from a Tampa two style defense, yeah, you yeah. think about the Simeon Rices and all those kind of guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to make sure you have that pass rush, the penetration. You, you think about the Warren Saps of the world. And uh, so you can get by with cover two corners and safeties. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I said this to you last week, I believe we were talking about this, about how I believe one, two, and three should be edge in this year's yep. draft. Rich, I'm there with you, man. I think that's the way it goes. I know that, like, Thibodeau's a big question mark and people compare him to Jadavian Clowney, so it would be ironic if the Texans draft another Jadavian Clowney because that's what they did right. with the number one overall pick. But I really do think that's the way it goes. And then with four, the New York Jets, I, it's probably Sauce Gardner, if we're being honest, because look at the wide receivers now in this division. Tyreek Hill's on the Dolphins, right? Stephon Diggs yeah. in Buffalo. You can get a sure. lockdown corner to stop those guys. And when the Jets were at their best, who was their best player? It was Darrell yeah. Revis. Right. That's right. when they right. were at their best. Now, again, it was Rex Ryan's system, and it was all that stuff, and the whole Revis Island 
But that's a formula for success for this franchise. And just uh, to me, just looking at Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, I want to get myself a lockdown corner. So I think the Jets, number four, Sauce Gardner is the way to go. Yeah, it makes sense. It really does. Again, two top 10 picks for the Jets right there, too. And ironically, I mean, you think about Houston and the Jets back-to-back, two defensive-minded head coaches right there, uh, surrounded by all those offensive guys. Uh, So, yeah, I I mean, I can see that. And and so there's a nice prop, I believe, out there with Sauce Gardner. Ooh, what would that be? Like under, what do you mean, top five? Um, I I think, yeah, I think I saw, was it under four and a half? Like, I got so many props in front of me. Uh, is crazy right now. I'm located though, but uh, I believe uh, from a first cornerback standpoint, I mean, obviously it's going to be off the charts for the odds on that. Mm, yep. But under, over unders, I, I think might be more attractive for Sauce. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, I definitely might want to check it out and see if we can get involved, especially if it's four and a half, because I do think the way to go with the Jets. And then uh, we can explore what they're going to do with their next pick because, uh, oh, I got some ideas, Pritch. Uh, Hang on with me for another segment. Let's continue to talk draft here. He is former number one overall pick and the host of Betting Across America, our very own Mike Pritchard. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN's spring special is here for only $59. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Rejoined now by our number one draft pick. He is the host of Betting Across America, former NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard. And Pritch, let's uh, finish our little top 10 mock draft here. Um, I have number one. Let's just to recap. I think it's going to be the edge rushers. One, two, three. It's going to be Trayvon Walker, one. Aiden Hutchinson, two. Kayvon Thibodeau, three. At four, I got the Jets taking Sauce Gardner. At five, the Giants going with Charles Cross. So the interesting bet to me would be Charles Cross to be the first tackle taken. At six, then, I think the Panthers take Ikea Kwonu. I think they take the next tackle that is off the board. Would you agree with the Panthers going tackle at six as opposed to, you know, taking a quarterback there at six? Um... I think they trade back, but could okay. somebody who wants six take that same pick? Absolutely. Uh, you got eight teams with multiple first-round picks, uh, and you know if they're all if there's two quarterbacks like that on the board, uh, which there will be, they're all quarterbacks are going to be on the board for Carolina. Uh, that's why I think there's a high probability situation that they trade back because you're sitting at six. There's no need to draft a quarterback right there, mm-hmm. uh, and here's why. Here's why. 
I think you would be embarrassing yourself if you're six right now and you draft a backup quarterback, which that's what all the quarterbacks are right now at six. When you know that you are closer to the CJ Stroud and the Bryce Young sweepstakes next year. Mm-hmm. In other words, Carolina is not closer to making the playoffs. They are closer to getting the, the number five or the number four or the number three overall pick next year. So why would you waste six? on a backup quality quarterback. I, I think they trade back. They should anyway, uh, and, and gain more picks because I, I think Matt rule, he's in a hot seat. They're going to have to rebuild a little bit. Uh, so that situation right there, it just screams like they're going to trade back. Okay. So, uh, but I'm going to go tackle there at the right, sixth right. spot, we'll go tackle there. even if it's Carolina or somebody else at right, seven, exactly. when the giants take their second pick. Now I have them taking Charles cross at five, I think the Giants at seven will then go with a defensive player, whether it's Derek Stingley or Kyle Hamilton. What do you think about that move? Um, oh, man, Kyle Hamilton, he's such a great specimen, right? And, and I, you know, you're looking at the situation where the Giants, where they got an offensive-minded head coach, they're uncertain uh, about the running back situation. They're uncertain about the quarterback situation. Uh, what wide receivers? I hear they want to trade Tony already. Um, I mean, uh, what wide receiver uh, uh, caliber wide receivers do they have right there? It, it's tricky to go defense that high when, you know, I don't know if there's a linebacker rated that high. Um, you can find another edge that could help you, but you've lost the top three. Uh, I can see the Giants actually trading back, to be honest with you, Scott, but uh, I, I wouldn't be mad at any defensive player. Uh, as a team is trying to rebuild, though. From a betting standpoint, that that's a tough call for me. So at number eight, then, the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think it's wide receiver. I know a lot of people think yeah. it's wide receiver. Do you think it's wide receiver? I, I think Atlanta is in a similar situation as Carolina. Like, you are closer to a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young next year. Uh, uh, Smith. Arthur Smith, the, the coordinator head coach, he's not going to be creative enough uh, with his offensive play call and the, to draft uh, a quarterback right there. So, yeah, wide receiver, I think you stack the deck. I think you get as many playmakers as you can. You got Kyle Pitts. Uh, you get a wide receiver, a route runner, a speed demon, uh, if you will, to load up for the fact that next year you could be in the running uh, for one of those top quarterbacks uh, coming up in 2023 draft. All right, so then at number nine – the Seahawks, mm-hmm. I think they would go the next best available defensive back that the Gi- I have the Giants taking one of them, whether it's Stingley or, or uh, Hamilton. I think whichever yeah. one is available would go to the Seahawks at nine. Okay, that makes sense, too. I mean, I think Pete Carroll is going to build out this version uh, of the Seattle Seahawks similar to the Legion of Boom and what he did right there. I mean, he, he, he went after a top flight safety uh, back in the day. Do you remember who that was from Texas? Uh, For the Seahawks? Yeah. He's out the league right now. Uh, Gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Uh, uh, Earl, Earl. uh, Oh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Yeah. Right. right. That's where it started with the safety. Uh, And then you build around Cam Chancellor. Okay. And Bobby Wagner. Yep. Bobby Wagner, you get all these guys later on in the draft. But uh, if if Hamilton's gone, like according to our mock, he's going to be gone. I think Hamilton's perfect for Seattle. But I don't, I don't know if Seattle needs to trade up for that. 
but if not, you know, they got a guy in their backyard that fits the mold, uh, Trent McDuffie. Uh, it would be too high for him, in my opinion, but it is Pete Carroll. They are starting to rebuild a little bit right there, uh, up there in Seattle. Uh, number 10, Jets wide receiver. I think that that's the biggest slam dunk that you can get yeah. right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think you start to see the run uh, happening with wide receivers, too, especially if Atlanta goes wide receiver. Yeah, so it'll be Atlanta going wide receiver at 8. The Jets go wide receiver mm-hmm. at 10. Do the Commanders go wide receiver at 11? I have them listed as a wide receiver. I mean, you have uncertainty with McLaurin, and, okay, you're excited about Carson Wentz, but where else are you explosive if, if you're Washington? Um, I don't think they are explosive. I don't know if they can rely on Samuel with all the injuries that he has. So I, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they are loaded. I mean, loaded when it comes to number one draft choices on defensive side of the ball. Uh, they got to help themselves out offensively. I, I think wide receiver is in the cards for Washington as well. So when does the first quarterback go off the board? And will it be number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers? If there's no quarterbacks off the board before this Pittsburgh Steelers select, that makes this draft highly, highly intriguing to me. <laughs> I mean, I think you got, you got the Saints with two uh, number ones, two, and I mean, that's the thing. They're, they're backup quality quarterbacks, and I don't know why anybody would reach. Look at the Giants. We just talked about them. They reached on Daniel Jones, and now they're in this situation. So um, I if it's not the Steelers or the Steelers trade back, I mean, your guess is as good as mine on that one. I, I think uh, quarterback situation gets dicey, kind of like running back. So for me, Scott, I think one of the better bets on the board is running back too. I think the over-under is a half. Uh, maybe you take a shot at a one running back being drafted in the first round. But if all these guys are second-round running backs, I'm not so sure – uh, if we should just look at the number one running back on the board to a lot of mocks uh, and that being Brees Hall. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other running backs with good value uh, that are second round type of running backs and, and there's specific type players too. Uh, so first running back off the board gets interesting at, at that point. So you would play the over a half. So you think there will be one running back in the first round? If there is, is somebody trading or, or somebody getting at the tail end of the first round? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what I see. Kind of like at ATN, we saw that last year. But yes. all these guys are probably second-round quarterbacks. And, and so over-under situations for Brees Hall is interesting. Uh, say, same thing with the first running back taken in the second round. They're not franchise players. And so I think there's a lot of value at first running back taken this year. Uh, over-under two-and-a-half quarterbacks taken in the first round. Quarter? quarterbacks like oh, do we man. get do we get yeah. willis pickett and you know desmond ritter or so do we get a third quarterback taken in the first round if we do it's because they want control over these players see that is i think that's yeah. the, that's the huge that's the thing right there could be a team that trades back into the first round mm-hmm. the final two or three picks just so they can get that extra year of control for the quarterback right yeah, kind of like Lamar Jackson right now. You control that yep. situation uh, longer as you develop one of these guys. That that does make sense from a GM standpoint. So that's why I think over two and a half would be the move to think that we get that yeah. third quarterback selected. Yeah. 
at the end of the first round. Pritch, this was fun, man. It's going to be a wild week. And who knows? (laughs) Tomorrow the news could change and we could be talking about somebody else going number one. As it seems like every single day, there's always something new coming out. I appreciate the time and the conversation and good luck with your draft bets. All right. Good luck to you as well, Scott. (laughs) There he is. Mike Pritchard, the host of Betting Across America, former number 13 overall pick in the NFL draft. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. We continue to get into the NFL Draft first round action on Thursday here in Las Vegas. We welcome in now from Winners and Winers, Scott Steen. And Scott, all the hype now and the movement for the number one overall pick. Everyone seems to have locked in on Trayvon Walker to be the number one guy to the Jaguars. Are you sold that it will be Walker number one overall? Yeah, it sure looks like it. You know, we're hearing all the stuff and about Balky, and, you know, he, he likes those guys that are raw. And he was a big fan of Alden Smith. And I actually have a little bit of an Alden Smith connection. He went to the same high school my son did. We got to watch him play quite a bit, and he was a monster on both sides of the ball. He was a very good tight end, uh, and, of course, an outstanding edge rusher when he was in high school. But uh, they want somebody that they can develop and somebody that's got the tools and doesn't necessarily put out the numbers. And there's a fantastic case of a guy that just made himself literally millions of dollars at the combine by really just testing off the charts. Absolutely. So if he goes number one. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock, He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then it's a slam dunk, Aiden Hutchinson, number two, the Michigan guy staying in state, going to the Detroit Lions. The draft would then get started, in my opinion, with the number three overall selection. Where do you have the Houston Texans going? I've got defensive tackles coming off the, uh, I've got edge coming off the the first three picks. Now, I do have kind of a sneaky pick there 
as far as the number one spot. If you haven't made a play yet, I think the value is gone either on Hutchinson um, or, uh, of course, on Gardner. But I think if you wanted to take a, a shot in the dark, if you wanted to take a Kwan Yu there at the, fir- at the first spot, because, you know, Balky said he was looking at four players uh, a week ago when they talked to him. So almost certainly Ikki Kwan Yu is one of those guys. You can get him plus 400 right now. He wanted to take a little pizza money and put a spin on that for the uh, what looks like it's going to be a pretty wacky draft class and a pretty wacky draft day. Why not start it off wacky and take a little value there at Aquan Yu? But, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, obviously I think that's the that's just kind of a long shot. If you're looking for a long shot to play first pick, that'd be my that'd be my choice. Yeah. Uh, what about so to number three overall to the Houston Texans? Is it Kayvon Thibodeau? And would you take a flyer on his over under? Or could they go offensive line and take someone like a Kwonu off the board? They absolutely, they absolutely could. I think that they are going to go Thibodeau right there. This is a a guy obviously was the most highly recruited player coming out of high school, and I wouldn't say he's had a disappointing college career, but you know he tends to take plays off. He tends to get in his own head a little bit. If he gets beat a couple times, if he can't get the pressure, he. I don't, you know, I, it's hard to say somebody pouts. You know, I don't, I don't want to put that on a, you know, 20, 21-year-old kid, but he seems to not have the motor all the time that uh, that uh, some of the others have, especially when you're looking at Walker. I think he is the guy that absolutely has, a, has nonstop. But I think, having said that, I think they go Thibodeau. There is a lot of upside there, and you can move him around a little bit. He's a little more positionable than I think Hutchinson is, Um, you know, and Hutchinson, I think what really had a, really gave people a problem with him is the fact that he played on a line with four guys, uh, including himself, that were really, really good with uh, Hinton and Smith there inside. And then, of course, they had a Jabu or a Jabo and uh, and Harrell playing on the other side. So he didn't see a lot of double teams like he's going to see in the NFL and going to see a lot of chips. He didn't see as much of that at the college ranks as those other two guys did. So I think it's uh, I, I think that he's not quite the slam dunk everybody everybody thought he was. He could be a very, very good NFL player. I just don't think we quite know yet because it's going to be a very different schematic uh, situation for him in the pros. When it comes to the quarterbacks, obviously the conversation revolves around Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Who will be the first quarterback taken in your mind and when? will that quarterback come off the board? You know, this is the one I've been struggling with the most because my people in Carolina say that what they're hearing is Pickett. I'm just not sold on Pickett. You know, there's it's, it's a weird draft in that we're hearing about Hutchison's arms and we're hearing about uh, Pickett's hands. <laughs> and kind of a fun fact for you, you know what they say about guys with small hands? Well, they don't get drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft usually. Um, since the year 2000, only three guys have been drafted in the first round or first three rounds with hands that small quarterback wise, Michael Vick, Charlie Fry, Kevin O'Connell, not, not exactly an endorsement for this small hand situation there. So (laughs) this is the first real flyer that I've got. I think this is, uh, a Carolina team that probably should trade out of that spot because they don't have, uh, this is the only pick they've got when the first four rounds. I think they sh- they need bodies. There's a, the team has a lot of weaknesses. However, uh, their owner Axe Tepper 
all indications are he wants a big splash. And, you know, Matt Rule, I heard you guys talking earlier, Matt Rule may not have another year to wait to draft that quarterback. Mm. If they have another year like they just had, it may be somebody else. It may not be Matt Rule. So I'm going to take a flyer here, and I'm going to take Malik Willis at, to Carolina at plus 430. Wow. Okay. Uh, would that mean that Kenny Pickett would fall to number 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm not sure Kenny Pickett is going to make it past the Saints. With, with okay. the Saints having two shots there, um, I think that there's a real possibility that he goes there because obviously they just have a placeholder. I think without Sean Payton around, uh, that's going to uh, offense is going to look very, very different. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take Pickett, a guy that they could, uh, you know, he, and he's probably the most NFL ready quarterback as far as the, as far as the top five quarterbacks go. But I think he's really close to his ceiling. I'm not sure how much more we're going to be able to get out of him. So I do think that if Willis drops, that Pickett probably goes Saints or somebody else that could that could trade into that spot. I think with the with the Panthers, like I said, I think they should do is I think they should trade, drop back, and take Sam Howell. I think that's the guy that really nobody's talking about. And I think this this kid is a monster. He's a great dual threat quarterback. I think you I think you can teach him some of the skills that he needs in the passing game and I think he is ultimately going to be maybe the most successful quarterback out of that class. Would you go over or under two and a half quarterbacks in the first round? I would go over. I there's just too much desperation. I think the uh we've seen we've seen what quarterbacks can do here uh, especially since Pat Mahomes landed on the scene. You've seen what the AFC West has done to try to keep up with the Chiefs. Uh you saw what Difference uh, made for the Rams having uh, Matt Stafford instead of Jared Goff winning the Super Bowl last year. So I think teams, they look at this and they know that they've got to have a quarterback and they've got to have one fairly soon in order to keep up and not let the game pass them by. So I'm, I'm going to go over two and a half quarterbacks there. Who do you think will be the first wide receiver off the board? You know, I think it has to be Jamison Williams. Um, there's his rehab is going really well. He's probably not going to be ready for week one, but everything I'm hearing and reading, it looks like he's going to be ready by week five or six at the latest. I think not taking him in that spot just because you won't get him for the first month and a half of the season. I think that's ridiculous. He is, he is a burner. I think it is him. And then everybody else in the wide receiver class, I think it's going to be Jamison William coming off the board first, as far as wide receivers. All right. Give me some of the bets that you've already locked in here for the first round of the draft. Well, I'm a I'm a big arbitrage guy. So I like to get in early. I'll keep my I'll keep my draft uh folder open really all through college football season. I'll make notes as I'm watching the games. Like I had the note on Iki Aquanyu that he's got a hell of a motor. He consistently finishes blocks at the second or third level. He's always down the field hitting somebody. Uh I made a note about Thibodeau that seems to take a playoff. So I'm I like to put those guys uh, make notes and then put everything together after the season is over, narrow it down to about 50. Uh, of course, you know, you factor in the combine once it comes and I factor it down, then I whittle it down to about 32, 35. And then I will match up the opening odds versus what I've got on my sheet and try to pick an arbitrage spot uh, where I think that, where I, or pick, pick, a, pick a value spot where I think that they are either overvalued or undervalued compared to what I have. And then I will keep an eye open for arbitrage, picking up whatever I can in the opening lines, because you know there's going to be changes 
and uh, the, the closer it gets, obviously, to draft day, the few, fewer opportunities there are going to be. But I've got uh, one of my one of my favorites, and you can still uh, I picked this up today. Was um, I'm just uh, scrolling down my sheet here. It was a uh, um, uh, Malik Willis middle. Now, if he doesn't go to Carolina, you can pick him up over ten and a half at minus mm. one fifty. Or so, you can pick him up yep. under 12 and a half. So, so we will keep an eye on Malik Willis and, of course, the live betting opportunities that will be available for the draft. Scott, appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with your draft portfolio coming up this week. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Appreciate it. There he is. Scott Steen, winners and... There he is. Scott Steen, winners and... There he is. Scott Steen, winners and... There he is. Scott... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.